Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here with actress and comedian Lauren Lapkus. Welcome. Thank you. Very exciting to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. You're in a bunch of things that are coming out very soon. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. Go, no, you go. Well, I was going to say, so we'll get into all that. But first, let's talk um, about your podcast with special guest Lauren Lapkus. So each episode is an improvised version of a fictitious podcast. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I'll have my, whoever I'm having on my show will be the host of the show that week and they decide what it's going to be and they decide my character and they don't tell me any of that in advance. So I just figure that out as we're going. So they just start the show either in character or as themselves and they introduce me however they want to. That's so cool. I didn't realize that because that was going to be my question. How do you come up with like, so can you give us some examples of what some of the shows have been? Yeah. Um, Joe Wingert came on and he, his was called the California Supreme Wind Show. And it was a, <laughs> based on a commercial that his character was in, uh, I believe his name was Aaron Toblerone and he made me his brother, Darren Toblerone. <laughs> and we basically just did an hour long version of the commercial for the window store. But I mean, it ended up going to a million different places, but, uh, and Andy Daly came on and did like a parody of Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott's podcast, You Talking You Too to Me. And he made up his own YouTube podcast and had me on as a uh, employee at Amoeba Records. So <laughs> it can really just be anything. And uh, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. And the first episode with Paul F. Tompkins, you were Tracy Reardon, who's a comedy bang bang character. Yeah, right? some of my comedy bang bang characters have crossed over. And Tracy's on every episode actually doing a little segment at the end uh, where we answer questions for her from her Twitter followers. So <laughs> she likes to be on every show. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, when I had Scott Ackerman on, he, he made me another one of my comedy bang bang characters, Regina Crimp. And so I didn't know I was going to be Regina, but it's fun to have him kind of live in both worlds. So where did the idea for the podcast come from? Uh, well, uh, it came from the guys at Earwolf asked me if I wanted to do a show and I said yes, but I didn't know what I'd want it to be. And I was talking to my husband about it. And basically the main thing was that I hate hosting stuff. Like I get like uncomfortable hosting. Uh And so he was like, well, you should just be the guest and then you don't have to host. And so I was like, oh, that's perfect. So that's really how it started. And it started out where I would come on, come in with a character planned and Mm -hmm. then let my guests do whatever they wanted. But it turned out a little couple episodes and I realized it'd be better and more fluid if they decided the character. So it would go along with whatever they wanted to do. Right. And are they always up for it? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I definitely have, um, I think up until this point, asked people who all have an improv background. So I think they're comfortable with that. But um, yeah, it's fun to see what people do and when they have all the control. Mm-hmm. Are you, did you ever consider doing a podcast not in the character? Um, I think I thought about it for about two seconds, but <laughs> uh, not really. Yeah. How come? I don't know. I don't, I, I, I think I have a lot more fun doing characters than being myself in that sort of medium. So um, it just seemed like the natural progression and something that would be fun for me every week. Mm -hmm. I would just be keep doing characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where are you from originally? I'm from Chicago. I grew up in Evanston, Illinois. Um, Yeah. And then I spent a little time in New York and then LA. But yeah. What was your childhood like? Uh, it was pretty good. I would say it was like a solid, like suburban good childhood. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, I have a brother and my parents are still married and yeah, I mean, I don't know, nothing, nothing like crazy. It was pretty, pretty idyllic, I guess in that sense. Were, what kind of kid were you? 
Uh, I was definitely like a, I think I was kind of a shy kid, but funny. And uh, I would get very nervous about, like, I hated uh, eating anything that wasn't like chicken fingers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anytime like that came up, I would feel really stressed out. My life was like really, like at school, we made like stone soup, I remember. And that was really stressful to me. So like moments like that stand out as like my tough times, <laughs> which is really not that bad, I know. But no, I know you, you were forged in a crucible of stone soup. Okay, yeah. this is The crazy thing is I never even heard of this concept of stone soup until a week ago. It's strange oh, that it's all of a sudden coming up again. That is weird. Producer Jeff, do you know what stone soup is? I have never heard of this. Explain it for us, won't you? From what I recall, there's a children's book maybe called Stone Soup or something like that. And like everyone in the town is making a soup, but they don't have anything. So they put in a stone, but then it tastes really good or something. There's something like that. And then so in my class, we would make like we made green eggs and ham, which was another nightmare for me. But it was like <laughs> we made stone soup or it was like, a, I guess, pebbles in there or something. But I don't know what they would really put in because obviously you don't want to eat a pebble. It looked horrible. I didn't want anything to do with it. That's all I really remember. But <laughs> what um. I heard was these villagers wanted to make soup. So they put stones in it and they claimed that it tasted really good. And then they'd be like, do you have anything you can add? And then someone would be like, well, I have some carrots. Oh. So they put carrots in and then someone, you know, they'd be like, we have this. They kept saying how good the soup was and asking more people to contribute. And then, but you know, by the end, they really had a soup. But I'm like, but the whole thing was predicated on a lie. Yeah. Predicate, you know, it's built it's on. It's a bad lesson. Right. It's <laughs> built on people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The dark side of marketing. Um, <laughs> well, so where are you with foods other than chicken fingers now? I'm just a little bit better now. <laughs> Although I will say I have to admit I had chicken fingers literally before coming into this building right now. Um, <laughs> which, But I, um, I, I've I, gotten a little more adventurous with my... But that's still not true. I mean, I eat sushi now, but I only really eat stuff that doesn't have fish in it. Like I'll eat like veggie rolls and mm-hmm. you know cucumber rolls, avocado roll. I'm just kind of boring with it. What's your food kryptonite? Like what? what can I not... Yeah, like I get near. Oh, oh, a lot of things I hate. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, I'm mad at I'm mad at comic books. Um, <laughs> uh, like I like pickles are disgusting to me. I will anytime a pickle is anywhere near anything, I feel upset. Mm-hmm. Um, cheddar cheese specifically. Wow. Uh, if I I don't want a cheeseburger, I, the idea of it being on a hamburger is really gross to me. Um, the idea of a hamburger with like, like. American cheese and like relish and ketchup and stuff. I that's really disgusting to me because it's got pickly things and cheese in it. Yeah, yeah, that's just horrible. What about just a burger on a bun plain? I like that. <laughs> ketchup, lettuce, and tomato. No ketchup, mustard. No, I don't. I like things really dry. Are, are there any condiments that you like? I like them like to dip like a fry into, but not on um, a burger type thing. I, I would like it dry. Just want to talk about this for. 25 more minutes yeah okay <laughs> um, like i might i'll have a turkey sandwich but i don't want any sort of like like condiment on it it's i really my mom's the same way we like it really just a really like kind of dry hard to eat sort of mm-hmm. food that's perfect and what kind of bread would you eat this dry sandwich on i'm pretty open with bread wow yeah Okay. And what about your dad and your brother? They're pretty adventurous. My dad will eat literally anything. He's traveled like all over the place and eaten every gross, weird type of local food you could find. So Okay. So no wetness in your... No. What about spaghetti, spaghetti sauce? Yeah, but still minimal sauce. Minimal sauce. Yeah. All right. Salad, salad dressing? Yeah. Again, don't like to douse it, but I do like dressing. Do you dip your chicken fingers in anything? Yeah. 
barbecue sauce and ranch. Yeah. Okay. But no ketchup in no, general. I like ketchup. This ketchup's a good dipper, <laughs> but I won't go for it if I have the barbecue option. Okay. Now what about desserts and things like that? That's my favorite. That's where I live. <laughs> I only want that. <laughs> if I, I usually will eat something salty just so I can justify having something sweet. Mm-hmm. So I'll eat like, if I have like a half a hamburger, then I can have like five cookies. That's kind of where I'm at. And are there any desserts you don't like though? I don't like desserts that have a uh, fruit base. I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. I mean, not across the board. I don't dislike them, but I just feel like why have something fruit based when you can have something creamy or decadent? Chocolate. Yeah. I don't want like a, no, I don't want anything with like jelly in the middle mm-hmm. or like, I don't like pie. <laughs> Is this thrilling for everyone? <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated. Maybe I'm just hungry, but I'm fascinated by it. It's weird. Snapchat. See, we actually have things that are, yeah, we like, we that enjoy talking about this. Oh, good. I'm just trying to think if there's any more questions I have in the realm of all this food stuff. I really just want jumping back candy. Candy. Yeah. What's your, like, if you, if there was, if you could live on one thing for the rest of your life. Like Reese's peanut butter cups or like, yeah, that would probably be it. Or like Kit Kat. Yeah. Did this make dating complicated? Yeah, that was always stressful to me. You have to go on a date with someone and then like, what am I going to eat? And because I have a sensitive stomach, which I think is part of why this all is the way it is, but... A sensitive maybe... stomach that only allows Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like, for some reason, I'm fine with that stuff. <laughs> but like, I will, I easily get a stomach ache or whatever. And so I'd be nervous to, uh, to do that when I got a date or something. I don't really want to eat anything. But I, um, yeah, I would always kind of be worried. Like, I also don't want to look picky because that's mm-hmm. not really attractive. Right. So, you know, try to pick a place. Like, if you go get Thai food, like, I know I'll get Pad Thai or Pad C or whatever. It's very simple. And, like, you're done. Right. But, yeah, I, that would always kind of worry me a little bit. And my husband's very cool with it. He doesn't love that I'm, you know, so picky because it's not as fun for him. And every time he gets my leftovers, they're really dry and bad. <laughs> um, but it worked out. I'd imagine there are entire cuisines you don't even want to mess with, though, right? For sure. Yeah. Like, plenty. What are they? I mean, like, pretty much any sort of, like, I, I'm not really into, like, a, like African food, like, South American. Like, I don't really like Mexican food. <laughs> do you not like spicy? I don't No, like yeah, I can't do spicy. Mm-hmm. I pretty much get sick immediately if I eat something spicy. So I'm very uh, careful with that. But it cuts out a lot of fun categories that other people enjoy. So, yeah. What about beverages? Um, they're pretty, so wet. Yeah, they're wet, but I like that. <laughs> That's good in that category. I like, I mean, I don't drink coffee and I don't drink tea. I don't really drink any caffeinated beverages, so I will have like lemonade usually. Mm-hmm. That's like my drink, but I'm a water person, I think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this was the, your challenge, your cross that you had to bear growing up. Yeah. Was it occasionally stone soup and things would crop up, things that weren't just chicken finger? Although mm-hmm. it's, did you go to a public school? Yeah. A lot of the cafeteria food there is pretty chicken finger. Oh, I would right? never eat anything from the cafeteria. Okay. I always brought, I had the same lunch every day for like 18 years. And what was it? <laughs> it was a peanut butter sandwich with no jelly, um, <laughs> like a bag of chips and like cookies. And then my mom said that uh, one of my friend's parents called her once and was like, Nicole said that Lauren had two desserts in her lunch. My mom was like, that's so lucky for her. I, I would start <laughs> making my own lunch very early and I just put a bunch of candy and shit in there. What'd your parents do? Uh, my dad's an architect. My mom's a teacher. She taught preschool and then first grade and now preschool again. It sounds like they were pretty supportive if your mom was into your snack choices. Yeah, yeah. They're usually like, whatever she's doing is fine. <laughs> what was high school like for you? 
Uh, it was good. I, I was pretty ready to get out of high school by like junior year. And, um, but I was in theater. Like I, I basically did, um, there was one like variety show every year that was like written by students and directed and acted by students, obviously. And, uh, I was in that every year, but I could never get into any of the plays. Like I auditioned for every play and every musical and I got into like one the whole time. What do you make of that? Cause I, I mean, obviously you're really talented. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I mean, maybe I wasn't that good or something, but I also felt like there were other student produced shows where I couldn't get in, even though like every year the person directing it was like closer and closer to me. Like it was the first year, like I sort of knew the senior who was directing it. And then the next year was like a friend of mine in the third year, like, it was uh, you it was, yeah practically <laughs> like you know it was like a guy that I was like hanging out with all the time and then the next year was my best friend and then they would never cast me but I still got voted as best actress at my school because of the Congrats. variety show congratulations yeah, and I'm writing on that for the rest of my life <laughs> printing that out of my yearbook mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what did you do in the variety show like it was like a comedy like sketch show type thing so I would just every you know be in a few sketches as character type stuff and it was always really fun I loved that so you realized young yes that you wanted to be a performer yeah I think pretty young like I think in probably sixth grade I knew that's I wanted to be like a comedian like on SNL or whatever but yeah. were there comedians that you looked up to yeah plenty um I, I mean I loved Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and like that generation of SNL was like my favorite um and plenty of other people like I mean Amy Sedaris and uh Maria Bamford as I got older and different people like that I really admired did comedy capture your attention more than drama in terms of what you wanted to do? Yeah, definitely. And like I auditioned for Shakespeare plays at school just because it was, the, you know, when it would come up, but I was not supposed to be in there. I hated that. I don't like Shakespeare, but I'm an English major. But I was an English major. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? DePaul. Did you have to read a lot of Shakespeare? Uh, yeah, I took, I had to take a couple Shakespeare classes I and mean, it's fine, but I don't really care. <laughs> I, think, I feel like it's really bad to say you don't like Shakespeare, but I don't really care. I'm a rebel. Oh, he doesn't listen. Yeah, he's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he even wrote his stuff. I mean, then know? that is something right. that we can all wonder about. <laughs> <laughs> I am kept up at night thinking about that and also wondering who is the bead poet? Well, and I don't know. That's just something I heard a long time ago. Not well, who is the bead poet, but the bead poet. The bead poet. Who's that? Shakespeare? So, no, no. Some... Uh, if anyone that I had gone to college with who taught me about the bead poet ever heard this, I think they would feel bad that I no longer know. It's just one of those things that's lodged in my head as like a very early poet. And I don't know if he wrote something called the bead, (laughs) but I think it's B E D E. Oh, that sounds more of a thing to me. Yeah. It's just a, it's a very early English. They probably don't even. Chaucer-ish Right. Stuff. Very pre-Chaucer is what I'm thinking. I think Jeff's looking it up. Thank you. I don't know if it's B-E-D-E or B-E-A-D, but I'm glad that we're taking the time (laughs) to look it up. So, so far this podcast is like a lot of chicken finger talk and then also some discussion of, uh, of old poets. Yes. Something's coming up. You've struck some kind of Wikipedia gold. Okay. I'll let you look at that while we talk to Lauren Lapkus about... You went to DePaul. You're an English major. Yes. And when did you start doing improv? I started in high school. Um, my senior year, I started taking classes at Improv Olympic in Chicago. And uh, that was based on the recommendation of one of my teachers who like noticed that I never got into anything. But it was funny. <laughs> and I would like to do stuff. He was like, you should go take improv classes and do the adult classes and just go for it. So I started doing that. And um, I loved it. And so I stayed around to go to DePaul just to kind of keep doing improv. That was like 
my plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what happened after college? I moved to New York um, for about a year and a half. uh, And I did UCB and stuff there and Story Pirates, which I don't know if you're familiar with. It's it's a children's um, theater company, essentially, but we take stories that kids write and adapt them into sketches and songs. It's actually really fun, really funny uh, and really entertaining for adults. Um, I'm not in it anymore, but I did that for a few years out here, too. Uh, That was really fun. But yeah, so then I moved to L.A. in 2010. January. What made you choose New York and then decide to come to LA? Well, I was working um, with a sketch partner at the time, Candy Lawrence, who's now in LA doing stand up. And uh, we had a group called the Money Kids, and we were like doing stuff in Chicago. And we really wanted to move to LA. And then we basically, on a dime, kind of turned and decided to go to New York because she had family there and she was like, I'd rather be in New York. So I just went with her because I wanted to keep performing. And um, it was great because I always wanted to live there. And I kind of put a time length on it like I was like I'll be there for just a little over a year and then move to LA and that's what I did so it worked out great because I had the opportunity to live there and kind of see what it's all about and then not have to stick around and deal with the shitty weather and tough, as, tough as life so, as someone who lived there for nine years I feel like a year is just barely scratching the surface there I'm sure that that's true but for me it really did feel like I got a lot out of it you got I, your New York experience I got a lot of it I mean I feel like it'd be so cool to live there with any amount of money um I was like really <laughs> poor and like I basically ate everything from the dollar store and eggs every day and stuff. And like, you know, it kind of sucked on that It's a level. hard place to live. Yeah. Especially, I remember when I was there, someone said, you don't really feel like a New Yorker till your fifth year. And I was still a little ways away from that. And I was sort of, I found that daunting, but also reassuring. Cause yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I fit in here yet. Um, so I think that the rewards of living there don't start to come till later. I'm sure. I mean, but now it's fun because I know where like where everything is there essentially and how to get around. So when I go back, I have a great time because I can like buy stuff and like mm-hmm. go out to a nice dinner <laughs> and like and then not feel like overwhelmed by the city. So I, I think it was a good experience. And then you moved out to L.A. Um, what was that decision? Uh, that was just basically, I mean, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, we were long distance for two and a half years while I was in Chicago and New York. And so part of that was coming to you know, finally be in the same city, but also I just wanted to move to LA eventually. So that was all my plan. How was your adjustment? Um, it was actually really easy. And I think it probably had a lot to do with him being here because I had somebody right away who he's from here. And so it wasn't as scary. And with the improv community, you know, there's so many people that, you know, from other cities already living here. So it made it a little less daunting. Um, but I just liked the city right off the bat a lot and found it so much easier than my life in New York because I was babysitting in New York and I moved here and was doing the same thing, but it just wasn't as draining because I could Mm -hmm. drive there and not, you know, and like basically mostly that. So (laughs) yeah, I think it made my life easier and just felt more relaxed. And that was, did you say 2010? Yeah. January of 2010. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. How did you meet your husband, your husband? Yeah, we met doing improv in Chicago. Um, but we were just like acquaintances and then he moved back to LA where he's from and we started talking on MySpace like a year later <laughs> and then, uh, started talking on the phone and then we met up at an improv festival in San Francisco and decided to be boyfriend, girlfriend. So, yeah, <laughs> I nice. once said, used the term boyfriend, girlfriend years ago to my sister and she mocked me because she, to her, and by the way, she's younger than I am. To her, that was a very high schooly thing to say. To yeah. me, that's just a description of a phase of your relationship. It is. your boyfriend, a, yeah, girlfriend. Because it's kind of like, do you want to be my boyfriend? It's kind of like the question in that right. moment. And then it's like, yeah, like that's a boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Well, I, what would be the alternative, I suppose? to say, So then we became boyfriend, girlfriend, I guess you could say. So then, then we were we dating. Exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Because dating like, doesn't yeah, cover yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's pretty specific and I like it. 
Me too. And if my sister's listening, in your face. Yeah. Okay, let's take a moment <laughs> to catch up with Jeff. What did you find out for us? So he was known as St. Bede the Venerable. Mm. He lived from 673 to 735, and he was a poet, a linguist, and a translator. Oh. And did he, why do they call him the Bede Poet, though? Yeah, because that was his name, too, right? Yeah, I guess just because that was his name. Um... Sorry, I should have, <laughs> should have prepped you for that question. He didn't write anything like the Bede? Titled the Bede? <laughs> <laughs> no, his most famous piece is Historia Ecclesiasticus Gentis Anglorian. Oh. The Ecclesiastical History of the English People. Hmm. So he's the father of English history. Oh, okay. Is what that, well, that is. seems well, important. So he's important. At least he exists. He yeah. exists. And you were not in, wrong. You, I was not wrong. You di- you're not wrong and you didn't imagine him. Yeah. Few. That's, that's all you could ask. That, all right. Wonderful. Um, so much to talk about. Some of the things that we could talk about. Orange is the New Black, Black Clipped, Jurassic World, all of them. Yeah. Which one do you want to talk about? Well, I'm excited about Clipped right now because I'm in the middle of shooting it. So um, I'll talk about that first. Please. Um, it comes out in July or June 16th on TBS and it's a sitcom like multicam, um, with George Went from Cheers and Ashley Tisdale from High School Musical and some other really fun people, uh, who you'll soon love. And I'm just having so much fun doing it. It's so, it's really fun. You play a character named Joy, right? Yes. I'm the receptionist. We all work at a barber shop. We all went to high school together in Boston and we all ran with different cliques and then now we're all stuck in the same hometown working together and all very different types i've been thinking for a long time a salon or barbershop would be a really good setting for a show because there's all these different stories and i'm surprised that unless there's a show that has done this before that i'm not aware of i'm surprised it hasn't happened before yeah i kind of agree with you it's it's they're saying it's like cheers meets a barbershop or whatever which it is because it's like all these kind of same people coming in and out and different stories each week and in my fantasy of it though Years ago, I was like, oh, but the challenge would be people would have to allow their hair to be cut. But I'm sure you have some way around that. We do cut uh, people's hair, actually. I don't have to because I'm the receptionist, but everyone else is a barber on the show. And we cut background people's hair. And they're fine with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, it's never, like, drastic. But, I mean, they're really (laughs) trimming it during the show. They all had barber training. I had to do it for like one day and then they realized that I'll, I don't really have to do it. So I don't <laughs> keep going. But it was actually really hard. Like you have to hold the scissors in a very specific way. That's mm-hmm. very awkward. I was not good at it, but they all took to it pretty well. So what did you learn in your one day though? I learned that you're supposed to keep the scissors like like horizontal and your fingers, the scissors should move, but not your hand or something. It was like like this, like just my thumb should be moving and not the Oh, top. right. Yes, I've seen them do that. They kind of like pinch the hair in their yeah. fingers as a guide and then they probably you keep one scissor one yeah. arm of the scissor i don't know what one leg of the scissor what yeah are, i don't know what one scissor called. one sizz up <laughs> and then kind of move the other one yeah it's actually very hard to do and like the coordination between holding a comb and scissors is also difficult for me so <laughs> i i struggled for one day and then i was done but yeah they all have had to work a little harder what's your character like she's very naive and um religious and uh very sweet just like a very wholesome character yeah are you religious at all no 
Yeah. <laughs> really, none of those things really. I think people, I get, it's funny because I just get cast as all these really sweet roles, but I mean, anyone who's listened to my podcasts or comedy banging appearances or anything, I'm just, it's really not what my humor is at all. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's fun to get to play something that's not natural to me in a sense. What do you make of repeatedly being cast as sweet or seen as sweet? I, I guess I learned that I look that way and because people tend to think that I'm going to be like that. But um, I didn't really ever think that I looked like that until I started getting roles like that. But mm-hmm. but I also like my first big job out here was on a show called Are You There, Chelsea on NBC. It was like Chelsea Handler's sitcom. Yes, I was. Re- I read that. Um, who did you play on the show? I played Dee Dee, her roommate. And it was, again, like a very sweet, like dumb character. Um, and I had never done anything like that before. But then it, I found it so fun that I was happy that people mm-hmm. see me that way in a sense. I was going to ask, is this your first multicam? But it's not because you did that one, right? Yeah, that one's multicam. And I'd done like other guest spots in between. But um, I love multicam. Yeah. Is it a, it's a faster shoot, right? Yeah, it's nice because basically you'll rehearse for a few days, um, pretty short days, like usually under five hours of work. And then you'll shoot with a live audience. Uh, we usually do one day of pre-shoots, which will be scenes without an audience, um, and then like a five-hour shoot with the audience. So mm. it's pretty fast. If, like, Orange is the New Black, we'd have like 13-hour days every day. So it's definitely more relaxing. Are you coming back on Orange is the New Black? No, I'm not. I'm not mm. in season three. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. What was that show like? I loved it. It was, it was crazy. I mean, we shot in New York, and I would just fly back and forth. At the first season, I flew back and forth every episode I was in which was very tiring and then the second season I stayed for like longer chunks of time because they they knew if I would be in an episode like more episodes so it was nice um but I loved doing it I mean of course it was crazy like having it blow up it was just one of those things like when I booked it it was um you know there were no Netflix shows yet so I didn't even know what a Netflix show was like I got DVDs in the mail but they didn't have any original content so it was kind of like well what's this gonna be did you before you started though when you knew that it was gonna be a Netflix show did you have a good feeling about it or were you I literally had no idea anything at all I mean I self-taped from home like I just did an audition in my place and you know it was like sent it in so it was all I felt very removed from the whole thing until I was actually there um and then once I was able to read the scripts and everything I mean I could tell that it was good but you know again there was no precedence for like what a Netflix show would be or if Mm -hmm. anyone would watch it or care so the fact that people liked it and remembered all the characters i mean i have a smaller part but i think part of it is when people binge watch they get really attached to everyone because you kind of see you're like watching a long movie for like a week or something right you remember all the characters that you might not if it was week to week um or might not as you know as much in your they wouldn't be as ingrained in your brain but uh yeah it was a really cool experience i mean got to go to the sag awards and (laughs) that was really amazing so yeah do you keep in touch with them uh i have a couple people that i still like will tweet with and stuff but I didn't get very close with anyone during Mm -hmm. it but I mean you know I'd come in for like a day here and there and it was so it was there's and there's so many people in the cast that I mean of course I had a great time with everyone on set but not a ton of people like hanging out after and everything right yeah right um can you explain the process of putting yourself on tape yeah it's really annoying (laughs) (laughs) uh but I tend to book from that actually a lot of my jobs have come from self-taping and I mean, usually it's just that my husband and I will get together and set up a camera in our in a room that has the best lighting and try to find a blank wall. And and is it when you're not in the same city as the audition? Sometimes, it, or if you can't be at the audition, or sometimes they'll just ask you for a self-tape kind of, I don't know why, but maybe it's faster for them to just get it. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's if it's something in New York or another city, but... 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll just you know, Do, and will they send you the scene? Yeah, it's the same as um, same process for like sending the information as an audition, but as a regular like live audition. But um, yeah, just get the scene in, in an email and then print it out and then have to kind of like do do it yourself like set up the camera and have a reader so my husband has to be in on it you know and like get it's it gets very stressful like we have like a lighting system now that we've you know created it's like clamping weird lights to weird things uh-huh. and like a microphone that now he takes out the like street traffic noise and stuff which we learned over time so it'd be a little bit better but um yeah it's it's always a little stressful and we start to get annoyed with each other pretty quickly because it's like especially in our old place we have like a stack of books with like an iphone propped on it and like <laughs> it was just like very precarious and yeah always overwhelming and does he read in the style of an audition reader meaning really not acting much at all yeah he doesn't do too much yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I had to do one when i was in atlanta i was like shooting a movie and had to do a cell tape my mom happened to be visiting my aunt in the same city that i was shooting and so i shot like a self-tape with my mom and my aunt and it was such a disaster like so my mom my mom couldn't do it like she was just we all we kept laughing so hard and it was so <laughs> embarrassing but then I did get the job so it actually worked out but it was just a funny what was it, what was it, the job? it well I will say that it, I, I couldn't actually take it because it conflicted with orange oh. but, so yeah I won't I guess I won't say what it was but um it worked which was funny because it was such it was such a mess like we were in like a sterile case in my aunt's house my mom's like cracking up and like can't read straight and it was just how do you dress in things like that because I remember a long I'm trying to remember who gave me the advice I had some audition for something and it was a character and they're like, don't go overboard. Like don't show up in costume. Yeah. I usually don't do anything like that. Like I'll, I'll wear something of like that I would normally wear, but that's more in line with that character, mm-hmm. but I won't wear like a costume. I think like one of my first auditions I ever had in Chicago, I kind of dressed in a costume and I was ridiculed a bit at the audition. <laughs> so I quickly was like, okay, I guess I won't go that far next time. What is the thinking behind that? Is it that, they they want to be able to project their ideas onto you or is it just tradition i I don't know and i mean i've seen people do it especially at commercial auditions where like they kind of want you to do that more like if you're auditioning for like to be a best buy person they want you to wear a blue polo or something and so maybe in that world it's more accepted but i don't know i mean if like i had to do a self-tape the other day and it's supposed to be kind of a tough lady so i just tried to dress a little more like i do my hair a little messier or whatever but I mean, yeah, not not too much of a costume. I don't know. I don't know why or why not. I mean, I'm sure people do it and it works, though. I, You know what I mean? Like, there's probably no hard rule for that. But yeah, I think I just feel weird if I dress up like something and then I'm like walking out after that being like, I, I want to kill myself. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just too much. Do you like auditioning? Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it or anything, but I, it's, I, after doing it for enough years, I feel like, you know, it come, it becomes like, it's not a big deal. Like I don't really get nervous unless it's something really big or someone really big is going to be watching or something. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll get nervous, but, um, I don't really mind it that much. I feel pretty confident, especially from like improv. It does help so much with an audition that you're like, it, it's not going to be that fucked up. If, you know, if I miss <laughs> a line, like it'll work out or whatever, you can kind of chill out a little bit on it are you more comfortable if you had let's say you have an audition tomorrow and it's either going to be improv or it's lines like it's scripted which is more comfortable for you i'd probably prefer the scripted because i don't really like improv auditions there's just that really strong hit or miss thing that can happen that it's like i don't know especially if you don't know who you're gonna be improvising with sometimes it's hard to improvise with a reader 
because they're not doing good improv back, you know? <laughs> so um, I I like to add a little bit within my audition, like a scripted audition. Like it's kind of fun to add a little button or do something a little bit improv in the middle, but not too much. I, I, I kind of like having the lines. Uh, are, is that a thing, improv auditions? Yeah, I've definitely had to do it for a few different things, um, especially like movies or shows where they allow for improv during the actual show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I... I've had a couple of those where they're like, okay, well, let's just put the scripts down and just improvise a scene. And I mean, it's pretty fun, but I, the pressure is very different than like a scripted audition. Right. What's been your worst audition or do you have any um, nightmare audition stories? Yeah. Well, this one's not that crazy, but it, it's the first thing that pops to mind is that I had this audition for a movie and I, there was, I was supposed to say 40 year old freshman, but I, I, every time I read it, I kept thinking 40 year old virgin. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to say 40 year old virgin when I go and I just know I'm going to do that. And then I got in there and I, of course I, I was like, you're a 40 year old virgin. And then I went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just like screamed fuck. And then they were like, oh, and then I was like, I just knew I was going to do that. And then I felt so dumb. I was like, why did I have to tell them? Like I could have kept going. It would have been fine. Like I'm sure that I wasn't the first person to actually say that, mm. but I was so mad at myself for letting it be so obvious that I fucked up. Um, what was that, that audition sucked. for? It was for like 21 Jump Street or something <laughs> <laughs> or 22 Jump Street or whatever. Uh-huh. That is. Um, yeah. And then uh, I definitely had other ones that I just left being like, I hate myself. I can't really think of what they are. I think I block them from my memory pretty mm-hmm. well because um, if I let them live there, I would never really get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but what would be something that would make you feel like, oh, I hate myself? Like if I said, it'd be probably more if I said something really weird, like as myself to the person or like was really <laughs> awkward in the interaction, I think I would feel worse. I hate that. Are you, do you, do you think of yourself as being socially awkward? Not really. I think I used to, but it probably has just helped a lot that I've a grown up and also like just having more interaction with people. You just <laughs> learn that you can get over that a little bit in yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely have it in my brain more, but I'm not so frozen, you know, when I, when something's a little awkward. It's just yeah. Like, who cares? I'm more able to like walk away from it and not be too worried. Right. To let it go. Yeah. So Jurassic World, who do you yeah. play in Jurassic World? I play Vivian and I'm one of the engineers at the, in the um, control room at Jurassic World, the amusement park. So like watching all the security cameras and seeing what's going down out there and kind of keeping tabs on the park. How was filming that? Oh, it was so fun. I was so excited to be in that movie. I mean, I actually, I feel like it just hit me like two days ago that like I'm in it. <laughs> like I, I shot it like a year ago and then you know, I've been excited about it the whole time, but finally kind of like starting to see these clips being released and stuff and just being like, oh, I'm in this crazy big movie. I'm so excited. It's so weird. Yeah. Where did you guys film? In Hawaii and New Orleans. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. I talked to Jake Johnson Mm -hmm. um, for, I interviewed him for Bon Appetit and he was talking about all the food he ate in New Orleans. Yeah. Actually. How did you do there? They they don't only have. I did horrible. Fingers. Actually, I hung out with Jake most of the time that I was there, and he hated. I was really I was really a bad food partner for him because <laughs> he liked all the food, and I was like, I want nothing. Um, <laughs> I actually had Jimmy John's probably like three times while I was there, which is like I think sacrilegious probably for anyone who likes food, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't do great. <laughs> the food. I get stressed out when food is part of the culture somewhere. And also the fact that like, it's all like that Creole kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to like any of this. Like, I don't want this. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably annoying for him. <laughs> Excuse me. What was your audition like for that? That was actually a really uh, sort of a vague audition. I had like three lines in, on the page and I really couldn't tell if it was a role that was, you know, I thought it was like a three line role. 
So I just went in and I mean, I really didn't give it much weight because especially because of that, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll get this three line role mm-hmm. in this movie or whatever. Um, and it was very unclear what was even happening in the scene. It was just very like, just say words. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't really indicative of what the role would be or anything in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. More just like, can you say these sentences believably? And <laughs> like, are you, are you a, a real human being like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, yeah. Are you not insane? And can you say this? And I don't know. Um, but so did you make it your own? Um, I guess probably a little bit. Um, I feel like people tend to do that naturally though, just by being yourself. I don't know if that makes sense, but my face saying these lines is going to mm-hmm. be different than your face saying the lines. You know what I mean? So yeah, unless um, I'm a really good face actor, that's true. <laughs> you might be able to do that. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really think anything of it again. And, uh, when I got it, I was so excited and then finding out that it was like a bigger role than I thought was of course great. So really cool. Yeah. That's super exciting. Cause that comes out June, June 12th, June 12th. Yeah. Okay. So when people hear this, it will have just come out. Oh, nice. You'll be a humongous star. I hope you loved it. <laughs> oh my God. Are you going to the premiere? Well, I am, but it's where the premiere night is the same night as my final taping of clipped. So I'm going to leave in the middle of the taping and go to the red carpet and then come back and keep shooting the show, which is a little stressful, but I'm excited anyway. But My does, brother's going to come and come to the premiere with me, which is really cool. He lives in Chicago. So I'm what excited. does your brother do? He's in real estate. Like he, um, my dad is an architect and they buy like uh, old apartment buildings and flip them and rent them out and stuff. And so my brother manages the buildings and uh, yeah, things of that nature. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up, because I feel like a lot of, of my listeners right now are thinking this. In the past, I've made a lot of noise about feeling like, in general, architects are kind of megalomaniacs. Mm. Although there are architects that are nice. Elise Keaton from Family Ties. Wonderful. Mike Brady. And I'm assuming Mr. Lapkus. Yes. Unless he's a Dr. Lapkus. No. Okay. That w- he, that'd be cool. Mr. Uh, Lapkus. Yeah. <laughs> and he, your brother who works in this realm. Yeah, no, I think they're both very down-to-earth people. And, oh, this uh, is puncturing holes in my thing. I know. I don't know. I mean, but... No, and you know what? A lot of my friends' parents are architects. Godlike tendencies, control freakism, Ayn Randianness. I really don't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't classify him like that. Okay. And my best friend growing up, her, she had a mom and a dad who were architects, really? and they were not like that. And my other very close friend, whose wedding I was just in, her dad's an architect. And again, I would say these are some very nice men. All right. <laughs> the they are um they're not the flashy architects yeah they're no, the exceptions no, no, no. no yeah I, I think i know what you're talking about but does your dad ever come home and go like oh the rest of me are so awful i can't work with them <laughs> I've never, i'm well, the only nice one he has his own business so i think he probably didn't have to work around that many other architects as often so probably, probably has his own business because he couldn't work with probably them. Thank bunch you. of assholes <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad we see eye to eye on this mm-hmm. i didn't even mention wild horses your improv group yeah um that's a group of all women it's me and aaron whitehead mary holland and stephanie allen and we do a show a monthly show at ucb um and we have a new project coming out soon but i don't know the date it'll be released so i can't really say if it'll line up with this but hopefully people will get their hands on it soon um on the internet and yeah we've been doing like videos with funnier die and that's been really fun and uh it's like my favorite group and you travel a fair amount with them right yeah we've done like a bunch of festivals and it all started because i was invited to this 
uh, all female festival called All Jane No Dick in Portland. And, <laughs> and they were like, do you have an all girls team you want to bring? And I didn't have a team, but I was like, who would I want to go to Portland with and have fun with? So I just picked my friends and then ended up being a really good team. So we have a lot of fun together. That's really cool. I didn't yeah. know that was the the way you guys all yeah, came together. Yeah, origin story. That's beautiful. Yeah. And how long have you guys been doing that now? Uh, I guess it's been about a year and a half. But yeah, it's been definitely one of my most I, connected teams and kind of an obvious collaboration feels good do you feel and by the way i feel gross asking this question but i but i'm gonna forge ahead right through the grossness uh being on a team of just women do you find that you guys improvise in some way that's different than you would improvise with men Huh. I don't know. It's interesting because the show we do at UCB, we have like a guest come and we interview them kind of like the view, but we ask them like really dumb questions and then uh, we improvise based off that. And there have been times where we've had men as our guests, which at first we were kind of thinking we'd have only women as guests. And then we were like, who cares? And we had men. And uh, sometimes we're like, oh, should we have this person improvise with us? But they're like, oh, well, it throw off our dynamic. If we, I mean, not even just another not just because it's a man but another person in general right but i don't know if we play if we play differently than we would with a man i mean i don't know i guess i never really thought about it too much but there's probably some element of having it be all women that brings out a certain type of humor within us i mean we're all in a book club together and that kind of was how our form started like we would it used to just be that we would do a book club meeting as our form but now it's kind of whatever um but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a really long-winded answer for saying I don't know. But it sounds like if nothing's jumping out at you, then I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say whoever asked that question, what was she thinking? <laughs> um, you guys are in a book club. Are you still in a book club? Yeah, it's been going on for over two years, I think now, which is really amazing. There's like probably 15 people in it, maybe more. Um, but yeah, I've missed the past couple meetings, unfortunately. But it's really fun. Where do you meet? Just different people's houses or apartments or whatever. And what are you reading now? Um, I don't know what the new book is. I have to check in. Um, <laughs> we just we just moved on to a new book. But what did we read recently that I liked? Let me think. We've read a bunch. Um, we read Lena Dunham's book. How was that? I liked it. Um, I thought it was good. But we've tried we we try to read a variety of things, not just memoirs. And um, we read Play It As It Lays by Joan Didion. Mm. I really liked that book. Um, course i can't think of any hmm yeah those are two solid books yeah though. i mean there have been like 20 or something so it's weird that i can't remember any but yeah there you go. i'm impressed with that because as an english major i often feel like i really should be reading more and then i will in spurts on my phone but yeah. not any sort of actually sitting down with a book yeah it's been good to kind of get back into that with this club and it does inspire me to read outside of it too um especially if i don't really like the book i'm like well i'd rather read something else and then go <laughs> just, you know pick up another book but um but yeah i'm reading the goldfinch now and i really like that have you read that book no it's good um Who's i have by? like 200 pages left oh i don't know because i read it on my kindle so i never see the oh, cover okay. and i hate that because i don't know the name of anybody um but i really like it the, what's it about it's about this i guess i don't want to give the big spoiler away but the basic i the beginning of it is that basically this kid's mom dies and he feels like he's to blame for it but it goes into this whole crazy it's better not to say <laughs> all right everyone go check it out yeah get the it's book. by someone yeah it's called the goldfinch <laughs> all right i asked for questions on twitter earlier oh, yay. and i received some so let's look up those and play the song that we play when we do things that came in from the audience it's a real real awkward way of explaining this song because it doesn't quite fit okay 
It's the Topic, Topic Sombrero. We ask for topics and you send them in. It's the Topic, Topic Sombrero. Now pick the topic and let's begin. It's the Topic Sombrero. Right, Matt Smith wants to know, and perhaps he has some prior knowledge. What's your favorite cheese? Oh, um, brie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You never cease to amaze me. <laughs> it doesn't really line up with everything, I guess, because yeah. it's a very creamy cheese. Which it also has a very pronounced flavor. Yeah. Um, I would say I got into that probably a few years ago. I started expanding my cheese palette. And I'm pretty much willing to try most any cheese except for ones that are bright orange. I'm really turned off by a bright orange cheese. There you go. Wow. So you'd be okay with like a white cheddar? Yeah. So it's not the flavor. It's the color. Yeah. I can't explain it. What about Cheetos? I like them. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Ezra says, (laughs) what's your dream guest for your podcast? Dream big. Oh, my really big dream guest is Pee Wee Herman. Mm. That would be really cool. Have you reached out? No. That's how I am with some of my dream guests. Yeah. Because the other day someone asked me that and I named a few and I then in the course of naming them admitted. And it was one of those things where I was like, why am I saying this? I shouldn't be saying this because uh, it was someone that I wanted to, to, I wanted this person to like me and think of me as, you know, a bright, young, new interviewer, even though uh-huh. I might just be I'm bright with the other ones, maybe not so much. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, but I haven't reached out to any of them. It's like, I'm, it's like I'll let them come to me when the universe delivers yeah. them. I don't know. It's like scary to try to do that. <laughs> right. I agree. Um, let's see. Wayne Hopwood says, please ask her favorite comedy bang bang podcast episode she's been a part of and why. Hmm. Um, I'll have to think. Well, I had a really fun time at the South by Southwest live show that we did just a couple months ago. Um, Colin Hanks and Nick Kroll and Horatio. That was really fun. Um, trying to think of a fun one. Probably the first time I did Ho Ho was really fun. It's I think it must have been the Christmas episode from just this, I think it was this past Christmas. Um, just because it was a new character and it ended up being really fun. And I uh, discovered a lot within it. So I would <laughs> say that was my favorite recent episode probably. Okay. Blue Ivy Cantrell says, I want to know who her favorite female comedians are right now besides all the wild horses of courses. My, that's cute. My, my favorite female comedian right now is Kate Berlant. She is so funny. Uh, she's a friend of mine. I think she's absolutely amazing. So I would say check her out. Look at her videos with John Early online. They're fucking hilarious. So good. Spencer Shepard says, would Lauren Lapkus be friends in real life with Tracy Reardon? Probably not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's too weird. Um, Matthew Klein says, fuck, Mary, kill Paul F. Tompkins, Scott Ackerman, Nick Kroll. I'll just kill them all. <laughs> That's a crazy question. I'll marry them all. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I'm not going to say I want to fuck any of them. It's very rude. <laughs> and, and finally, please advise says, uh, what cartoon character would you have sex with? Oh, Eric from Little Mermaid, etc. Oh, that's a really, oh, please advise. Hi, Miles. Um, that's a really good example. Eric is the hottest 
prince from all of the series, uh, the Disney princesses series. Uh, so I'd fuck him. And then probably like Kermit or like Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about Kermit. Yeah. Kermit's hot. Good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out my answer, even though I don't, hi malls. I don't think she's asking <laughs> me. Um, and all I really, the thing that was like stopping the thought process was, you know, when beast turns into a man, yeah, he's not hot as the no. man. Hotter as the beast. Totally actually. hotter that's as the was, beast. That's what I kept like that kept gumming yeah. up the works of my brain was just thinking, but the, thinking how I did not find the beast hot as a human. But what was? Wait, does he start as a human and then turn into the beast, or does yeah, it go the other he gets way? This, well, you only see him for like two seconds as a human, and then he's turned into the beast, which right. is the majority of the film, and then at the end he's a human. And it's okay, so gross. Yeah, he, it's, he like looks like someone who had a bad hair. nose job. Yeah, he's gross. Okay, but he's hot as beast. I would fuck beast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite cartoon? Like a movie like that? Mm-hmm. Um, Little Mermaid is my favorite Disney movie, I think. Um, besides that, I don't know. I, I like cartoons. I just don't think about them too much. So I can't really say. Oh, this one just came in. Trip Cook says, ask her to sing the America's Funniest Home Videos theme. Okay. But should I do it as myself? or I'll do it as Regina because it's a little more fun. Okay. We've got laughs from coast to coast to make you smile. A real life look at each of you to capture all that style. You're the red, white, and blue. All the funny things you do. America, America, oh, this is you. I got through it. That was fun. Yay! <laughs> Classic. I think we have applause. Please plug it in. yay a smattering (laughs) okay oh and lastly Zachariah Duh says what's a TV show you'd love to be on both current and no longer made ooh okay the no longer made I'd love to be on Golden Girls um or Three's Company and a current show I'd love to be on um I like Silicon Valley I like Girls those I'll say those those are good shows. Yeah. All of them. Louie. I'd like to be on Louie. Um, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Yay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Sasha McGillicuddy said, oh, this is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? And we weigh in as well. Sasha McGillicuddy says, hate when I polish my nails and my untimely bladder fails and I have to pee. Smudge nails or risk a possible infection? Hashtag gal chat. Um, I've talked at length about the fact that I'm not a manicure person, but just recently I've had a couple manicures and maybe I will become a manicure Your person. Your nails look very nice. Oh, these old things? Thank you. Yeah. Are they gel? No, they're not. I've yeah. never had the gel manicure. I wouldn't recommend it. I'm afraid of the gel. I'm afraid of the UV light. Yeah, that, they that shine. seems weird. Right. I've had to do. I've gotten two gel manicures, maybe three, but and they're good for like events. Like I kind mm-hmm. of do like having it if I have to get my nails in they a couple don't days shift, before. It's right? my, yeah, it lasts for like two weeks, but I don't like the process of when you take them off. They put they wrap like cotton balls in tin foil with like acetone on your nails, and you have to sit there with them on that, your nails. <clears throat> seems really bad. Excuse me for the disgusting sounds that you're hearing. Don't worry, I always get very coffee actually when I when I talk for talk. a long period of time. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just did a podcast this morning. Where I was like, like okay, the, yeah, it's, yes, that's what puts me off 
of the gel manicure, in addition to my fear of the light, although I don't know if I need to be afraid of that or not, is the idea of having to sit there with fo- with acetone and foil wrapped it's around bad. my fingers. And then they scrape it off, Ugh. and it just seems really like, gives me that like feeling of like touching cotton, you know, like that kind of bad feeling. Well, that's my feeling with the whole manicure thing. That's the reason I don't like manicures, is I don't like all this like, here, I'm just going to jam these metal instruments into your cuticle and then trim this, and there's a lot of trust involved, and I just don't have a there lot of trust. Is, I do like getting manicures now, though. I never really did until I was like... I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, I think, but I never really had one. What do you like about it? I like the way it looks. I, yeah. I, do, I do like, I need one now, but I like, I just like that feeling of being like done. Right. It yeah. does. Yes. It does give you that feeling of being all put together. Yeah. Cause I'm letting it, the rest of it go to hell. Oh, me too. It's a <laughs> shit show. But anyway, so the other day I, I had a manicure and I got home and I really, really needed to pee. And I was like, if I, t- I know that if I try to unbutton my jeans, mm-hmm. I'm and unzip. I'm gonna fuck this up. Yeah, I'm like the. So queen I tried of to do it with my up. knuckles. How'd it go? It turned out okay, actually. Yeah, I am. Um, it did, but I'm just saying, Sasha, I feel your pain. I agree. Yeah, thank you. I don't know that I want to be a woman though who is so concerned with all this. Yeah, but I feel like that's kind of the like low on the totem pole for women it's just weird for me now that i'm in manicure pedicure world (laughs) to realize i think every almost every other woman does this all the time like this is just part of their upkeep yeah well there i think people have a lot more upkeep than i do i and then maybe you're the same way but i have friends who will do so much of that stuff like they get their hair dyed and done and blowouts and extensions and constant bikini waxes bikini waxes and and waxing your legs or all that crazy shit i'm like what the fuck laser treatments yes i mean i don't know i just like get my nails done like once a week especially because i'm doing the show i'll do it for the show more than anything when i'm not really working i'm not as worried about it but do they want you to have do they say anything they don't say anything about it but i for my character i (laughs) i was hoping to have a different pastel color every week um just for fun okay yeah have you ventured into this is super gal chat have you ventured into the world of nail art i have not really for my wedding i got a a slight nail art it was like a very like nude looking nail with like a gold stripe oh that was fun but that's the most i've ever done it was very subtle but i I think it's kind of fun have you ever done it i haven't but now that i'm in nail world and I've started looking at nail things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to end, you guys, but I plan to bring you along. Yeah, I've started just... Because what happened was while I... The first time I got the manicure pedicure, this is when they accidentally cut my finger Ooh. and the whole thing. I was just sitting there going like, uh, 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 like just like my finger was in a socket and I was looking around at everyone else who seemed calm. And I was like, how are they so calm? I yeah. find this whole thing very unpleasant and excruciating. Um, but I heard the owner of the nail place say to this woman, I'm thinking of doing a gradient with glitter. What do you think? And so <sighs> see then now I, and then I, I learned the difference between, um, gel, not a gel manicure, but when nail polish is like a gel, they call it a jelly oh. or a cream. And then there's something that can be a combination, which is a crelly, a, crelly? a whole bunch of nail blog words, a gel it's formula. Like a yeah, no, like a jelly. A jelly is not gel. Jelly is one where it's kind of sheer versus a cream, which is opaque. And then there's all there's all these different kinds of there's all, a whole bunch of stuff I never knew. But anyway, now I'm intrigued by nail art. Yeah, I I think I, it's kind of fun, but I also kind of hate how expensive the whole thing is, and it's like gonna come off in a week. You know yes. what I mean? Like if I'm gonna do like an elaborate thing, that's gonna be kind of expensive, and then right. it doesn't last. And what's the point? And I don't know. But then I but then I go, who cares? It's fun. I'm really on both sides of this. I argument. really do think this is 
in the category of things that women do for themselves and for other women, though. I don't think there's any men who are like, oh, my God, I love your glitter gradient nails. No, I don't think they care at all. All right. Megan Downey says, when it snows, I make a snowball out of the fresh powder as it's falling and eat it. Sometimes I even put maple syrup on top. Is that real? I I think I've heard of this, actually, but it makes my initial reaction was, ew. Yeah. Do you not like maple syrup or you don't like snow? I like syrup, but it's like, do I want it on ice? Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's not like a snow cone. Right. I've never done this, but I don't want to say you're the only one, Megan, because Lauren, you've heard of people doing this. Yeah, I've heard of that. All right. I would eat snow too in general, but I don't go out of my way to do it. Yeah. No, I don't either. (laughs) Marvin the Earthling says, just me or everyone, use the 2% vitamin A to justify the 130 calories in a cookie. No, I don't. I You can't justify 130 calories in a cookie unless you're like, I'm just going to have a cookie. It's 130 calories. To be honest, I don't know what he means. <laughs> like I, drinking 2% milk because it's not... Wait, what's 2%? What? I think he's saying if, if he's looking at the nutritional facts for cookies and it says it has 2%, like probably 2% of your RDA oh, of vitamin oh, A, I'm, then he'll oh, justify it. I see what like, you're saying. Like, oh, this is good for me. Yeah, I don't try to justify any of that stuff. I just eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Russell Griggs says, although miles away from my car, feel like if I mistakenly press the alarm button on my key fob, it'll make it blare its horn. Yes, I always, or I'll be worried that I accidentally unlocked my car from really far away. Mm, I don't think about that. Not at all? No, I don't really think I've ever really. Do you sleep well at night? Uh, I sleep crazy, but I think I sleep pretty well too. What does sleep crazy mean? Like I talk and move and sweat and I'm like, (laughs) but like my husband has to deal with that. And I'm just like, good morning. He's like, well, you had a whole life that I witnessed. So do you sleep talk every night? Yeah, I think so. And I like laugh and like, yeah, I do this thing with my arms where I'll lay on my back and then go like this. So you you like like tickle my arms, tickle your forearms while they're vertical. (laughs) Then I found out that some of my friends do this too. I went really through a whole phase when I was like in third grade of, um, so for some reason I, I've never had beds that had headboards. I don't know why, but in third grade I did have a bed that had a headboard and it had these knobs on the edges of it. There's probably a word for those. Bed knobs? Bed knobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the word. And I found it really comfortable to sleep with one arm draped over a bed knob. Mm. And I would fall asleep like that every night. I get that. I think there's something, cause like, because I do this vertical arm thing, that makes mm-hmm. sense to me, though, where it's like the blood's like leaving the arm. It's weird that that would like be it's not a good there. feeling. Yeah. Really Maybe the rest weightless. of it's going to your dream center. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Was your husband or then boyfriend first freaked out when he noticed your crazy sleeping? Um, I don't think so i think it's just been always funny to him and maybe a little annoying (laughs) probably because he's like always trying to help me well but i don't know any of it's happening Mm -hmm. he's like waving the blanket so i get unsweaty (laughs) like i'm like you don't have to do any of that like i've lived the whole life of doing this and i don't care it's fine when did you first learn that you do this um well when i was little i was i knew i was a kicker because anytime i had to sleep with like a family member in bed i kicked the shit out of them and (laughs) hated it um and then i think I kind of didn't know until any boyfriend stuff. And then they Mm -hmm. tell me that I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chris Smilich says, just mirror everyone. Whenever I crack eggs into a bowl, get a, get shell pieces in it. I see chefs do it one handed with no effing shells. How? Um, 
Not to show you up, Chris, but I can crack a, an egg one-handed and Ooh. yeah, not get not get shells in. Not always, though. I want to try. I've never tried that. You should. Yeah, live a little. Right. What's the worst that's going to happen? Just shells in the bowl or egg on the floor or egg on your hand or on your shoe. I don't want to do it anymore. It's <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, let's see. Ralph says, jealous of people who say meals like mom used to make since my mom never cooked. Aw, sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, again, I, I don't care about food, really. I mean, you know, I'm the worst person to ask that question. Right. To. Did your mom cook since she had the um, same food things that you do? She had like a few meals that she cooked. Um, it was all very simple. And then we would eat a lot. I ate a lot of fast food growing up, which I don't blame anyone. I, I liked it. <laughs> Worked out. Where's your favorite place to get chicken fingers? Chick-fil-A. Mm. that's what i just ate but i feel guilty going there because because of the anti-gay it, thing. right because it's a hate-filled but fast i food didn't joint. know and i never even knew about chick-fil-a until all of that <laughs> oh you're the worst kind of person i know no judgment no i know and then I, I but everyone was like oh it's so good we can't eat there anymore though it's so good and i was like it's so good like that's only the only thing i took away and then i was like i have to try it and it is so good, but it's really like salty and sodiumy. And I, I did feel like cracked. I had it right before I came here because mm-hmm. it was on my way over here. And I was like, oh, perfect! I got Chick Fil A on the way here, and I felt really like yeah, because it just fills you with salt. I Are you know. worried about people seeing you there? A little bit, yeah. I don't really like it because I get recognized when I go there too. And uh-huh. like, I, that makes me a little uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, don't like tweet that you saw me here. Right. Or like, I'm telling who, everyone now, but whatever. The people who work there, are they super excited to see you? Like, oh, you're one of us. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, I always end up talking to them. And so it is a little bit of a fear, but you know, I'm admitting it now and I know that it's bad, but it's really tasty. A friend of mine um, who comes on this show ate Chick-fil-A and then had like horrible food poisoning. But Mm. the part of the story that I was more hung up on was the way that he just casually tossed off that he had just gone to Chick-fil-A. I was like, no, don't you know that you have to do it like how you're doing it where you beat yourself up over it. Yeah. You're not really supposed to be proud of it anymore. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, it's like my dirty little secret, but I do like to go there. It's only fast. I like in and out and I like Chick-fil-A. I don't Mm -hmm. eat any other fast food really. I did have McDonald's the other night. I, I'm, it sounds like I'm lying, nuggets? but yeah. Cause now I'm like, I don't eat fast food. And I'm like, well, I went to all these places in the right. past week, but I try to really space out the McDonald's cause that seems really bad. I, um, I had never had Chick-fil-A until some people that I work with were talking about how good it is. Cause people get it. So in the same way as in and out, like they're, they get all excited that, Oh, there's a Chick-fil-A nearby. Yeah. And I think we were doing a live show in Ontario or something. Although, there's Chick-fil-A's in LA, but because it was in Ontario, it was special. I thought, yeah. So I tried it. I'd never had it before. I didn't, I didn't see what all the uh, hoopla was about. What did they, you have? A chicken sandwich? Yes. I tried to order the healthier items maybe um, that's and maybe problem. that's where I went wrong. Cause I got something that it wasn't breaded, whatever I had. Oh yeah. I would recommend it for sure. It needs to be breaded. Okay. <laughs> All right. And go uh, back there and keep providing them with money. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, you know what? There will be people. I guarantee you. I guarantee you there will be comments on when I post this episode, there will be comments from people who say that it's a function of living in PC Los Angeles that we even feel like we need to apologize for. Hey, all righty. I don't agree with that. But this feel, I know me either. <laughs> but this feels like one of those me or everyone type things. Like I want to yes. eat Chick-fil-A even right. though I know it's bad f- for the community. That is a real just me or everyone. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, in general, I do try not to give money to people who's... Oh, (laughs) I forgot I haven't even brought this up on the show. So uh, my husband and I were in Palm Desert, and we were trying to find a mailbox... And we could not find, we couldn't find the post office because we got, we got screwed by ways and we couldn't find the post office. But in our drive back and forth past the post office, we kept passing a Hobby Lobby, which resulted in this debate we were having because he was like, oh, I wish I could go to Hobby Lobby. But, you know, I can't for obvious reasons. I was like, why do you wish you could go? And he's like, because it's a hobby store. And I'm like, but it's, I don't think it's any different than Michael's. Or Joe, well, not Joanne's, but then Michael's. And he's like, no, it's a hobby store. And he actually said this line, hobby stores, that's my jam. And I was like, what is a hobby store? <laughs> like, did he ever care about that stuff before? Or was it just like the whole debate making him wish he could go there? To him, a hobby store is something different than, because I was like, it's just crap. It's arts and craft supplies. And he's like, no, it's a hobby store. That's my jam. And those are different than arts and crafts supply stores because they have all sorts of stuff for making little models. That's and what he's I was very crafty of, yeah. and very artistic. So he assumed that they had all sorts of stuff for like making models. And he went into other details of what he expected they had. I was like, I really don't think that's what they have. And I even looked it up and it says that Hobby Lobby is a craft supply store. So what this resulted in was us going into Hobby Lobby, but not spending any money, but just to see who was right. And I said something about <laughs> on the way in, like, I think, I think I'm going to be the winner. And then he was like, I don't want to look at it like that. I don't want to make it a competition. We're just on a fact finding <laughs> mission or something. Well, because he knew he'd be wrong. I guess so. He just didn't, because I enjoy all sorts of competitions, but he didn't appreciate me trying to turn it into something <laughs> where there'd be a winner and a loser. Um, and it really was like a giant or same size Michaels with like a, an aisle and a half of modely stuff. But I think that I was, since he's not here, I'll say it to you guys, the winner of that. Oh. But anyway, where all that was going was in general, I do try not to give my money to people whose politics I don't agree with. Yeah. But then I also think how much of a difference is it really making? Probably not. Probably none. See Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a just me or everyone. I remember, I, I think some news came out about the, that gym curves. Oh yeah. Was that bad? I, I think, I think they might be people that are, um, super judgy and, uh, pretty conservative and, but see, I know that my conservative listeners are going to be like, why is all conservatives bad? But you get what I'm saying. I think they spread hate. Yeah. But I also never went to curves anyway. Yeah. So it, so <laughs> it didn't cares? really affect me. Okay. I will never go to curves. <laughs> You're not I'm, allowed I'm to. I'm taking That's that right. stand. You wouldn't even be welcome. Is that because I'm black? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things I never knew about you. <laughs> The city that breathes says, just mirror everyone, hate looking into a sunbeam at home only to notice just how much dust and dander is floating around in the air. I think it's kind of neat when a sunbeam illuminates all the crud in the air. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. But you don't like sunbeams or you don't like crud in the air? I don't like seeing all the dust and being like, that's what we live in, but we don't know. Yeah. It is amazing how much dust accumulates constantly. It's It's a constant battle. I just hired a cleaning person for the first time, really. And 
uh, I came home and my place was so clean and nice and I was so happy and I decided I'm never going to clean again. Cleaning, <laughs> yeah. We have a cleaning person as well. Cleaning people, actually. Two of them. There come. are two that come. And um, I find, uh, yeah, why would you, if you can't afford it, which you probably can because it's really not like it, it's to, not that expensive in my early you would, as you would right yeah. in my early 20s to me that was just the height of yeah. awful indulgence totally um and i did i think i went through a phase of being embarrassed to even admit that i, I would like that yeah but now it's me like too. yeah it's really they're fast they're here for like two hours it's actually good money if you consider that it's only like two hours mm-hmm. but it's not that expensive it's totally worth it but i was at my desk looking at all the dust all over everything thinking I have cleaning people that come, but it's still super dusty because there's certain areas where it's so cluttered that they can't really get there. And I don't even try to have them get there. I am trying a new thing right now. What that is might help you? Yes. This is the Japanese art of decluttering. It is a, a book by Marie Kondo. I would recommend. I'm going to write this down. Yes. Uh, Marie and then K-O-N-D-O, I believe is Marie Kondo. And it's this, the life changing art of tidying is what it's called. And it's um, all about getting rid of things that don't spark joy in your life. And mm. so I've been doing this process. I You have to go through the steps exactly. Like I would recommend getting the book and going by step by step how she says to do it because I think it's more effective. But I did clothes first, then books, then papers. And now I move on to like miscellaneous. Papers is, and miscellaneous are the worst. They're right? the worst. But basically her whole thing is like throw out all papers. Like you don't need any papers except for, you know, obvious important documents. Right. But, like most papers you don't need. I got rid of a full trash bag of papers just of my own things, like which seems like a lot to me. Like, I mean, to have a whole trash bag of paper. I feel like that would barely make a dent in my life. A trash bag. <laughs> well, see, in the book, she's like, her clients will have 15 bags of papers. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm not really, a, a like, I don't save a lot of like notes and things like that. But Right, because there's so much, I think that's, that's part of where I get stuck. Where I get stuck is, oh, like every online all the time we recommend you print out this page for your records i'm like i can't imagine ever needing it but i'm going to print it out yeah. anyway and then i don't have a good filing system but also old cards and th- i well, have all cards, sorts of sentimental value i do have a ton of that stuff but you save that for the end of the whole process because it takes the longest that yeah. she's like it'll stop your whole process if you try to do sentimental stuff but um so i'm not there yet but i've really enjoyed i got rid of so much clothing i got rid of like probably like seven bags of clothes and like we got rid of half of our books and I donated to the library. I mean, it was very like, it feels amazing. That and does sound liberating because I have it in my head that you should never throw out books. No. And part of it is that you get rid of books that you haven't finished reading because you're never going to. And if you really want to read it again or finish reading it, then you have to buy it again because you're, but you're not going to do. So it's like an empty threat. But right. you, it helped me get rid of all these books that I felt guilty about. I would see them and be like, I never read that one. And someone gave it to me or like, I never finished that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just get rid of it. And you'll never, it, just, it doesn't matter. You're going to forget about it. Now, being a public person you must get a lot of stuff from fans right what do you do with that i get like i don't really get like cool stuff i get like letters and stuff and then i send back pictures and things (laughs) it sounds weird to talk about it but um so i just um just send them back and that's kind of done but yeah i've never really received like i've gotten like cool fan art art t-shirts and stuff and i like that stuff um and i keep that um but i haven't gotten so much of that that it's become like an issue all right yeah jeff you're a pretty on top of it, organized guy, or so it seems. What's your tidying situation? I love getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Love it. I've uh, I've probably, there's probably only one thing that I've ever gotten rid of that I 
that I can really say that I wish I hadn't gotten rid of. See, that feeling alone is enough to make me not want to get rid of stuff. But, uh-huh. there's a big but, if I had that thing back right now, I would say, why the hell is this thing sitting in my living room? Mm. What is that thing? It was my Schwinn Stingray bike from when I was a kid. Mm. Oh, interesting, yeah. It was super cool, and but I... I left it down at the Jersey Shore, and that's what you do at the end of the season. You leave your bike next to a telephone pole. If somebody needs it, they come and take it. So, I'm sure somebody enjoyed it. Yeah. So it, it's not like it went in the trash trash, but I, I do miss – I think I miss that. But if I had it right now, I'd say, why do I have this thing? Uh, but yeah, I love getting rid of stuff. Yeah, it feels really, really good. It's the best. Yeah. When you, when I you, want this in my life. Yeah, you need the book, dude. It's really good. <laughs> when you walk into a room and there's an empty space where there used to be a pile of crap, amazing and it's also about like enjoying having space in your place like letting there be a place where there's not a thing because she starts off kind of talking about how she loved when she was growing up to organize things and have like different bins for each thing and then fill a whole wall with the bins and then but then she said like that's actually you're keeping stuff you don't need you don't need and with this process you don't need to buy any more storage containers you have everything at your disposal within your place and your closets are big enough for your things whether you think that or not you just have too much stuff if they don't fit in the closet, essentially. Oh, that appeals to me because mm-hmm. the idea of it's time to get organized, let's go to the container store just freaks me out because I'm like, we're just introducing because no, you, now I've got more. Down, I've yeah. got yeah. a bag full of folded up bins. Yeah. yeah. The the move that I came up with, with, which I believe I developed independently, was in my closet, I have a finite amount of hangers. I never buy hangers. Oh. I never get extra hangers. And if I buy a shirt, one shirt has to go. That's good. Yeah. I've heard I of people doing this. that. I've never done something like that. Me either, but I like but that. But what's your paper situation? Um, I, I chuck paper. I just I have a recycling thing, and if if it's paper, I just I throw it out. Yeah, you don't need it. I just for online stuff, I just save it as a PDF on my computer. So yeah. my computer is a garbage pile of PDFs. I'll never need. Yeah, but they don't take up any space. I worry about that with like with Clipped. We use scripts every day, and but there's a new script every day, and they print out like. I don't know, probably 50 scripts. I mean, they're everywhere. When you look around, there's piles of them. It feels so wasteful. Like, I feel like we should all just be given an iPad to use at work. <laughs> and then you just, you know, don't, no one has to use the paper because it feels crazy. Do you now, do you keep old scripts? Because see, that's something I would be like, oh, but I would be attached to that. Or something. Yeah, not really. I'll keep, I have like a script from like my first, like from either Chelsea, I think I have a script from that or something. But besides that, I don't really keep them. You guys, this has been very inspiring. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, Richard Redwolf says, when I see an amber alert on a highway sign, for a split second I get anxious thinking I'm driving that model car. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that one in particular, but I do have things like that. Yeah. I don't see amber alerts very often, I gotta say. Maybe we're in a good area. Maybe that all happens in weird places. Maybe that's it. (laughs) Uh, A Kimmy thing says, this is the last one, um... About this past JMO. Oh, this is a reference to another one. Uh, Love brushing my teeth without getting my toothbrush wet. Love the grit and feel it gets my teeth cleaner. Hashtag just mirror everyone. Whoa. Yeah, that's just sheer lunacy and craziness, right? Yeah, I don't think that really works, first of all, probably. Feels like... No, uh, Dustin, the guy who got sick from Chick-fil-A, said there's enough saliva in his mouth to make everything foam. Mm, no, no, I don't like that. My no. mouth is full of wetness. <laughs> How perfect. <laughs> I didn't know you had that. Yeah, that is perfect. Um no, I just I I can't I cannot abide with the lack of water although 
kudos for being environmentally conscious. Yeah, I guess it's good on that level. But I mean, come on, how much is a splash of water? I mean, really? Yeah. That's interesting, though, because you don't like wet things. So I would think maybe you were kind of into this, Lauren. I like to feel really clean, though. And I think a gritty sort of toothbrush, I feel like it would leave a residue Mm. of of toothpaste. (laughs) That's residues of toothpaste, residues of soap, residue in general. I'm not, I mean, a residue of conditioner in your hair is, it's supposed to leave that. But any little residue and filminess. No, 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 no. no, Like in a hotel shower. And when you use a hotel soap in a hotel out of town and then it's all slimy it's slimy and and you can never tell is this the soap or is it the water but i think sometimes it's soft water oh yeah where you have like the kind of feeling of it right filmy on your skin do people still have water softener growing up we had water softener yeah we had one i don't really know what that means there's chemicals that you buy to put in your water that makes it feel um, it's a kind of salt. I forget. I think it's yeah. some kind of rock salt. Right. But yeah, we had one. It, I think you only need it for well water. I've never oh. understood soft or hard water. I don't really know what that means. Like, I don't know if I would be able to tell you that I experienced either one. So- it, water that has water softener in it has a different slimier feel and things don't lather as well. Oh. But what's the benefit of it? I guess people like that sort of soft. Like, imagine washing yourself in milk. <laughs> Well, I think oh my the, God. the well water has a lot of calcium in it. Oh. And so I think whatever that is, it counters the, the amount of calcium in it. I could be wrong. Hmm. Lauren, how do you feel about Cheez-Its? I like them. <laughs> okay. I think I like fake cheddar cheese. Okay. Because they're very orange, but they're very dry. I don't want to eat and they're salty. a piece of sharp cheddar. Okay. But you, <laughs> but you, you like ever? orange snacks. No. You never have. No. <laughs> you just know that you wouldn't be into it. I just don't want to eat it. Nachos, no. No, I would never have a nacho. <laughs> Mac and cheese? Only white cheddar. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not, I don't claim to be logical. I just don't want any. I, I think there's a logic there to it. There does seem to yeah. be yeah. A, okay. a structure good, and good. a rhyme and a reason. What about fruit? I know you don't like fruit desserts, but fruit. I like fruit. fruit. Fruit is my jam over uh, vegetables. Okay. I have fruit. What about meats, like barbecue meats? Love meat. Love meats. All meat? That I didn't see coming. Most meats I would be excited about. I just made bacon wrap dates the other night. Have you ever had those? Mm. Uh, no, but that sounds really good. Oh my God, they're so good. Do I would never, that would be something I, you could put that, but I didn't, but you, I would probably still like it, but you can never, I would like, I would never thought I would have eaten this item, but it's, I ate like 10. I made them and just shoved them in my throat. Did you cook a lot? No, I'm very bad at that. Where are you with blue cheese? I like it, but in small doses. Okay. Yeah. I do feel like beef jerky. Yeah. Raisinets. Sure, but not really. But I would eat them. Here's one. How about Korean barbecue? Because Love Korean barbecue. What were you thinking? Because it's... (laughs) It's very meaty, but it's also very kind of spicy and exotic. So I thought... uh, There's certain... uh, The one place I go is so good. And I... Oh, my God. I really have to go there soon, actually, from talking about this right now. It's so good. It's called... um, I'm going to mix up the order of the words because it's Soot Bull Jeep. um, But it's so amazing. I would highly recommend that Korean place in L.A. Oh, my goodness. All this talk of food is making me think of Nature Box. You know you're going to snack, and when you do, you want it to be worth it. Sometimes 
You want something that's sometimes, all the time, you want something that's tasty and satisfying, but doesn't make you feel guilty afterwards. And what you guys need are snacks from Nature Box. You can choose from over a hundred healthy, crave-worthy options. They'll be delivered right to your door. Uh, make sure that when that box gets there, you get your mitts on it fast, or else people might steal your Nature Box box snacks. That's how delicious they are. Um, so what I'm saying is. You want to be fast. Be fast with your Nature Box. Uh, all their snacks are made with zero artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners, zero grams trans fats, and no high fructose corn syrup. And they taste amazing. Um, and they're so much better for you than so many of those other snack options out there. So next time you're hungry, grab some sweet blueberry almonds, salted caramel pretzel pops, Parmesan garlic pop pops. These are just a few of the many delicious snacks they have. So right now, if you go to naturebox.com slash Allison, you can get a free trial of your favorite snacks. So again, go to naturebox.com slash Allison to get a free trial, free snacks. If your favorite snacks, they'll be delivered right to your door. What are you waiting for? Go to naturebox.com slash Allison to start your free trial today. I feel like you're going to walk out the door and they'll be like, wait, what does she think about this or that? <laughs> I, I have another one. You do? Okay. Avocado. Ooh, good one. Love avocados, but I've never, I never had one until I moved to California. Right. Me neither. Yeah? yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Philadelphia. And, oh, yeah. and when I moved here, I moved to Avocado Street, <laughs> and there was a mature avocado tree in the front yard. And oh. so I just had avocados every day, all so day. It was, good. They were great. Yeah. I love avocados, but I, that's something I would have been like, afraid of growing up. Right. Seafood? No, thanks. <laughs> None. <laughs> no. I have eaten like some. Like a breaded shrimp? Because that's similar to breaded. Yeah, to... I've like eaten that, but I just don't really want to. My husband made me have a little piece of a little octopus recently, and mm, I, I, I ate it, but I was kind of mad. What was what was served at your wedding? Um, it was Italian food. We were we got married in an Italian restaurant, actually, so it was really fucking good. It was like <laughs> <laughs> there was a pasta and a salmon and a what was the other meat? A chicken thing. Really good, yummy. Loved it. How about have you ever had? <laughs> I mean, it's not 1974, so maybe they don't make these anymore, but fried clam strips. What's that? It's basically clams, I'm and then you, you chop them up into strips and fry them. I don't think I would want that. Coco's. I, my family used to order those at Coco's. Oh, really? Remember Coco's? If you guys, yeah. Is that just regional or no? Uh, yeah. Would, oh, would they have like co- shredded coconut on them or something like that? Mm, well, they're not no, very fishy, I don't think so, so that's what I was thinking. Mm, and they're oh. very fried. Maybe. Fried-y. Maybe. If I didn't know what it was, I'd probably eat it and like it. And then when you told me what it was, I'd probably be mad that I ate it. <laughs> cheese whiz? No So you're way. opposed to all orange cheeses? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a dust, because I like it on Cheetos and Cheez-Its, I guess, are dusty. Yeah. Goldfish, great. Really? Yeah, I love goldfish. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know, that, that works. It's just, it's the orange cheese that you're opposed to. Yeah, the actual cheese really repulses me. <laughs> Wow. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, perhaps you want to buy Marie Kondo's book. I know I'm going to. Am I saying it right, Kondo? I think so. I just read it, so I don't know. Click through the Amazon banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. There's PayPal links on the right side of my website, alisonrosen.com. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need this. Get that by searching, hey, go fuck yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. And that is rapidly soon uh to be available i don't think those words all worked in that sense but that's okay i'm gonna stick with it um for uh android and for all other 
things that you might need it for if you don't have an iPhone. By the time you hear this, it might be available. So check my website, alisonrosen.com. We also have two special bonus episodes available. Those also will soon be available on all platforms. Um, right now, they are available for your uh, iOS systems. And those are recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday Gang, Dollar ninety nine, and comedy album section of the iTunes store. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. Lauren, tell everyone where they should go for you and plug the things you want to plug and all that. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren Lapkus. And you can listen to my podcast with special guest Lauren Lapkus. It's on Earwolf.com and iTunes and Stitcher. You can subscribe and rate it if you like it. And um, you can go see Jurassic World and watch Clipped every Tuesday starting June 16th on TBS. That's my big plugs. Perfect. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me at Colonel Jeff Fox on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And there's a new episode of my podcast, Barracuda Radio, which is an interview with Mad Men director of photography, Christopher Manley. All right. Now that the show's over, that means it's time to get free snacks at your door from Nature Box. With, with over 100 options to choose from, get the bold flavors you crave and feel smarter about snacking. Go to naturebox.com slash Allison to start your free trial. That's naturebox.com slash Allison. Lauren, thank you so much. Thank it was you. wonderful having you on the show. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Yeah, Alison Rosen is your new best friend.